We move outside our comfort zone and seek new experiences to grow. We find adventure in the epic and the everyday. We travel to broaden our horizons and engage with nature. We are most at home in remote landscapes and faraway places, but never far from our community of passionate dreamers and wanderers. We are Chaconians. Join the Chacosphere at Chacos.com. Where will your Chacos go? Shorts, and you're listening to the Dirtback Diaries, a duct tape and beer production, with additional support from New Belgium Brewing, Kuat Racks, and Patagonia. Since the first mountaineers tied into hemp ropes and scrambled towards unknown summits, retreating from a cliff has been a part of rock climbing's history. Although it's not a well-documented part, Even the heroic figures who took a fearless approach to gaining terrifying summits bailed from time to time. Sure, they probably toughed it out longer than most of us would ever dare, but they bailed nonetheless. The harsh reality of climbing is, if you do it long enough, you're bound to bail. Over the generations, there have been two types of climbers. Those who take comfort, safety, and mental well-being into consideration during ascents, and those who don't. We all have a buddy who doesn't give a damn if the ropes are frozen, or you're out of food, or your leg has been severed by catastrophic rockfall. They are going up, and you are going with them. No questions asked. When you have the unfortunate experience of climbing with these individuals, mutiny, retreat, or any type of deviation from the strict plan of summit glory is so out of the question that it seems punishable by death. In some very unfortunate circumstances, it has been. I am not a resilient person, and when it comes to climbing, I have no shame. In fact, I'm about as far from the pioneers of climbing's past as it gets. Sure, I get psyched on finishing climbs, and sometimes I want to keep moving up, but I've also bailed off 5-6, lots of them, in perfect weather with absolutely no loose rock or runouts or emergency scenarios. I've left rappel beaners on sport-bolted 5-8s. I've bailed from trees, chalk stones, fixed cams and manzanita bushes, and I've done it on everything from the biggest walls to the smallest boulders. Sometimes my pride gets a little dinged, but so far I've survived some pretty weird situations. In the last 18 years of climbing, I've learned that sometimes convincing your partner to bail can be harder than freeing a stuck rope in a rainstorm. But even the most dedicated climbers can be persuaded to bail with a few subtle techniques. When heading out into scary terrain, I personally prefer to bail before frostbite sets in, or mild hunger occurs, or I run out of beer. Knowing how to get your partner on the same page without jeopardizing a valuable climbing partnership is as useful as the most modern pieces of climbing equipment. By utilizing this five-step guide to bailing, you should be able to talk sense into your partner and have even the hardiest mountaineers threading the chains in minutes. Phase 1. Snake in the Crack The snake in the crack is such a devious and well-crafted bailing technique that I'm hesitant to reveal it. This first step introduces your partner to the idea of bailing without too much effort or seriously jeopardizing your morals. This method will hurt your pride a little bit, 
but it can also get you and your partner back to terra firma. To utilize the snake in the crack, you only need to be able to lead a small portion of the next pitch. Lead about a third of the way up. Then, looking startled, yell back to your partner, Whoa! There's a rattlesnake in the crack. It's coiled up and it's hissing at me. Immediately downclimb, plug a piece, and ask your partner to take. Here's where the snake in the crack requires a little finesse. Yell down to your partner something like, Do you think I should try to climb past it? This implies two things. Not only are you brave enough to continue up the pitch, you're brave enough to climb around a hissing rattlesnake to do it. But we all know better. At this point, your partner should suggest that you lower down and rig a retreat. In the worst case scenario, your partner opts to lead the pitch, during which you'll end up saying, I must have scared it away for you, as your partner takes the sharp end of the hardest or scariest pitch on the climb. Phase two, emergency poo. If the snake in the crack doesn't work, phase two is, well, a number two, a fictitious bowel movement of such ferocity that it commands retreat to avoid an utterly revolting disaster. This method will work on shorter multi-pitch climbs of various angles that do not provide adequate ledges or coverage. The downside to the emergency poo is that it requires some serious theatrics and revealing a certain amount of disgusting, descriptive personal information to your partner. I do not recommend the emergency poo for first dates or 50th dates or anytime you're climbing with a partner of the opposite sex. Up came out, feel like going home now, now, now. Fails and turns to luck, words are making it a Phase 3 Naked Girls by the River. Because a high number of single, desperate, and often unhygienic dudes form the majority of reliable climbing partners, when applicable, the Naked Girls by the River method has a very high success rate. If you happen to be climbing with a sexually deprived Neanderthal, which you most likely will be, and the route is in view of a river, and you wish to bail from said climb, pretending to see a few naked girls with a case of beer basking in the sun is a pretty good way to convince your partner to join you. If all the elements line up to apply naked girls by the river, and your partner happens to have poor eyesight, this method is a done deal. If your partner has decent vision, some theatrics may be required. Start the technique when your partner is consumed with an important task, like bounce testing a manky piece of gear or digging headfirst into the hall bag for a beer. This is when you strike the first question. Did you see those naked girls down by the river? The reply from your partner will be amazingly predictable. No. Where? That's when you'll have to work a little magic, convincing him that you just watched four nude girls dragging a case of beer behind a group of pine trees. If this doesn't initiate an immediate descent, the occasional falsification of sightings will usually bring your ropes to flat ground in a matter of hours. To employ the next two bailing techniques, 
you'll need to be climbing a route that requires hauling a bag with overnight gear. Now, phase four, soak the sleeping gear. This outlandish trick can be cruel and outright dangerous if not executed by a bailing master. I highly recommend utilizing phases one through three before attempting. Only continue to phase four if your partner displays a high level of insanity or disregard for safety. All warnings aside, if performed correctly, soaking the sleeping gear is about the simplest way to initiate a full-scale retreat from a wall. Most haul bags are packed with the sleeping bags near the bottom and the water near the top. Accidentally repacking the haul bag with a loose cap on an upside-down full gallon of water will simultaneously empty the water supply of the team and soak all of the sleeping gear at the bottom of the bag. If for any reason this method does not lead to a speedy descent, you may want to consider moving to Phase 5. Phase 5. There goes the haul bag. There goes the haul bag is among the most extreme bailing techniques known to mankind. So, Phase 5 must only be initiated as a last resort. It must be executed with absolute caution and only during the most severe circumstances of disagreement between partners. Realize that if you employ Phase 5 incorrectly, you will likely never climb with this partner again, and it may possibly end your ability to find a partner for the rest of your career. That being said, if someone is belligerently leading you up a death route with copperhead belays and loose rock, there goes the haul bag may save your life. If you truly feel that your life is in danger and you cannot convince your partner to bail by using any of the other methods on this list, you may have to boot the haul bag into the void. Once you've committed to initiating phase five, first check the ground meticulously for signs of other climbers or hikers. If the coast is clear, simply wait for your partner's lead, unclip the haul bag and kick it off the wall. After booting the haul bag, quickly prepare yourself for a shitstorm, and I'm not talking about an exploding poop tube. Your partner will surely want to know why you just launched all of your survival equipment, food, and water off the cliffside. Explain calmly that the haul bag must have come unclipped on its own accord. You simply reached in for a snack when suddenly the bag rocketed towards the ground. After your partner settles down a bit, Further diffuse any hard feelings by rigging the ropes for descent and offering to buy the first round of beers at the nearest tavern. The important thing to remember, whether you're implementing the simplest of bail maneuvers or the most extreme, keep your head up. Some people are good at going up, some people are good at getting down. Know what you're good at and embrace it. I did. And remember, with this simple toolkit, you too can bail comfortably off almost anything. I'm Dean Fleming, and this is my lifestyle tip for the committed. Thank you, Dean, for sharing your best bail maneuvers. I have already incorporated at least two of these into my regular routine now for bailing off stuff. It's perfect. We read this and loved it. Thanks so much, Dean. 
when Dean's not climbing, he's the writer, photographer, editor in chief, publisher for the magazine California Climber. If you haven't seen this magazine, you need to, even if you don't live in California, it's beautiful. Their latest issue is their best yet. I immediately wanted to get in the car and drive to Shut Eye Ridge, California. You can find out more at CaliforniaClimberMagazine.com. It's that time of year when we start thinking about the tales of terror. If you can give us goosebumps, type up your story. 500 to 1,000 words, please. Then send it to editor at ducttapethenbeer.com by the first week in October. If we select your story, we'll teach you how to set up a dirtbag studio and then send you a dirtbag diaries hoodie. Music today by Secret Archives of the Vatican, Lorenzo's Music, and Block Party. The tracks were provided by Mevio's Music Alley and Free Music Archive. You can find the links to the artists on our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. Support for the diaries comes from you. Whether it's a story submission, a pledge contribution, a t-shirt purchase, or a note of thanks, you keep the diaries thriving. The shorts are brought to you by Chaco, now celebrating 100,000 sandal repairs. That's over 260,000 pounds of sandals that were not put into landfills since 2010. Reuse and repair. Follow them on Twitter at Chaco USA. The diaries would not be possible without the good people at Patagonia. And additional support comes from New Belgium Brewing, who encourages you to follow your folly. And Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. This episode of The Diaries was produced by Becca Hall and me, Fitz Call. As always, thanks for tuning in. Let's drink.